Well, welcome, my friends, to The Catholic Reason, a radio show produced by St. Michael Catholic Radio, where we explain the whys behind Catholic beliefs concerning issues of faith, morality, and culture. My name is Carlo Broussard. I'm a staff apologist and speaker for Catholic Answers, based out of San Diego, California, and a member of the Chancery Evangelization Team at the Diocese of Tulsa in eastern Oklahoma. Every Thursday at 4 p.m., I come to you to present various claims made by the Catholic Church and provide reasons behind those claims, hence the title of the show, The Catholic Reason. You can download and listen to the show anytime you want by searching The Catholic Reason in any podcast search engine and just download the show. And also, if you'd like to submit a question for me to answer on the air, you can do so by emailing me at carlo at stmichaelradio.com. Moving forward, we'll start a new segment where I start answering some of the emails as they come in. In our previous episode of The Catholic Reason, we gave reasons why Peter is the rock in Matthew 16, 18. And we did so because Peter being the metaphorical rock upon which Christ promises to build his church provides for us reason to conclude that the Bishop of Rome, as successor to St. Peter in the Bishopric of Rome, is the leader of Christ's church here on earth, and thereby that visible source and foundation of unity for Christ's church. Now, in this episode, we're going to look at reasons why Protestant apologists don't think Peter is the rock. So you might say some challenges to our conclusion that Peter is the rock. Some Protestants reply by attempting to show that the rock must refer to something other than Peter without trying to identify who or what the rock does in fact refer to. Other comebacks, they try to identify what the rock refers to. So, for example, some will say it's Jesus, others will say it's Peter's confession or just Christian teaching in general. And other comebacks actually concede that Peter is the rock, but challenge the idea that Peter is unique in being the foundation of the church. And as we'll see in today's show of The Catholic Reason, and also probably next week we'll look at even more challenges to our conclusion that Peter is the rock, each of these counters fail in undermining the claim that Peter is the rock and all that this entails. And so let's start with some responses that attempt to show that the rock in Matthew 16 and 18 must refer to something other than Peter regardless of what it is. Now, keep in mind, uh, these Protestant responses to our Catholic argument here of, of Peter being the rock is found in more and greater detail in my book, Meeting the Protestant Response, How to Answer Common Combats to Catholic Arguments, published by Catholic Answers Press. And you can get a copy of that book at shop.catholic.com. So I'm going to share with you the Protestant responses that I articulate in that book and my responses to those Protestant responses. So we're sort of countering the counter here. So in this particular episode, in today's episode, we're going to probably look at four 
Protestant challenges to the claim that Peter is the rock. And then we'll look at more challenges next week on the Catholic reason. So challenge number one is that the there are two Greek words in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, that are different. Two different Greek words are used with regard to Simon's new name, Petros in Greek, and the metaphorical rock upon which Christ promises to build his church. And the implication being that given that there are two different Greek words that are being used, therefore the conclusion is, is that the metaphorical rock is referring to something other than Peter. So, for example, uh, Protestant apologist James McCarthy, in his book, The Gospel According to Rome, Comparing Catholic Tradition and the Word of God, argues, quote, why did not the Holy Spirit just repeat Petros? Then Matthew 16, 18 would read, you are Peter, Petros, that's the Greek word for Simon's new name, and upon this Petros, I will build my church. That's McCarthy's argument. Given that Simon's new name is Petros, if the metaphorical rock were Peter, then Petros would be used again in the second instance with regard to the metaphorical rock upon, Christ, upon which Christ promises to build his church. So the difference in the words, it's asserted, must mean they refer to different things. Petros to Peter, Petra, which is the Greek word used for the metaphorical rock, to something other than Peter. So McCarthy concludes, quote, When the Holy Spirit inspired the Greek text of the New Testament, he made a distinction between Peter, Petros, and the rock, Petra. So the bottom line argument here is, given the difference in words, there must be a difference in referent. They're referring to two different things. Protestant apologist Ron Rhodes elaborates on this sort of argument. Uh, in his book, Reasoning from the Holy Scriptures with Reasoning from the Scriptures with Catholics, Rhodes writes the following: quote, Peter, Petros in Greek, is a masculine singular term. And rock, Petra, is a feminine singular term. And he's right there. He goes on, hence, they do not have the same referent. Notice, given the difference in words, there must be a difference in referent. So Rhodes argues. He goes on, Jesus didn't say to Peter, you are Petros, and on this Petros, I will build my church. Rather, Jesus says, you are Petros, Peter, and upon this Petra, I will build my church, making the same argument that McCarthy makes in McCarthy's book, The Gospel According to Rome. So that's the challenge. Given there are two different Greek words, Petros and Petra, there must be a difference in referent. How do we respond? Well, the first response is the difference is due to gender of terms, and Rhodes gets that right. Petros is masculine and Petra is feminine. It would have been unthinkable to use a Greek feminine noun for the proper name of a man, as even Protestant scholars acknowledge. So, for example, evangelical scripture scholar D.A. Carson writes, in Greek, the feminine Petra could not very well serve as a masculine name. And that's coming from his contribution on the Gospel of Matthew in the Expositor's Bible Commentary, 
volume eight. So Rhodes is right. There is a difference. Uh, there is a difference, and the difference is due to the gender of the terms. R.T. France concurs. Quote: The reason for the different Greek form is simply that Peter, as a man, needs a masculine name, and so the form Petros has been coined, and that's in his The Gospel of Matthew, which is his contribution to the New International Commentary on the New Testament. Now. The difference in gender explains why there is a difference. And yes, it does. In fact, it does. And many Catholic apologists will appeal to this gender difference between Petros and Petra, masculine and feminine, to explain the difference. This is why there is a difference in the terms. However, the challenge that we're looking at here sidesteps that challenge or acknowledges the difference in the gender of terms, but then poses the question as to why Petros is not used in the second instance if Peter is that metaphorical rock. And that's a different kind of challenge that needs to be addressed and answered. Now, in response, we can offer a few plausible reasons why Matthew would not use Petros in the second instance. So one is that, to Matthew's audience, Petra would have been the more familiar term for rock. R.T. France comments on this lack of familiarity with Petros among Matthew's readers in the following way, again from his uh, book, The Gospel of Matthew. Quote, the masculine noun Petros occurs infrequently in classical poetical Greek to mean a stone, i.e. a broken piece of rock though the distinction from Petra is not consistently observed. But Petros, as a common noun, is unlikely to have been familiar to Matthew's readers, as it's not found in the Septuagint except twice in Second Maccabees, or in the New Testament and related literature. So the, the point here is that it's possible Matthew uses Petra with regard to the metaphorical rock upon which Christ promises to build his church, because that's the more common noun that would have been familiar to Matthew's readers. And hence, a reason, a possible reason, as to why Matthew doesn't use Petros, Simon's new name, in the second instance. Petros is less familiar. Petra is more familiar. Now, here's another possible explanation. By using Petra, Matthew might have intended to make a connection with other teachings from Jesus. So, for example, in chapter 7 of his gospel, Matthew records Jesus' parable of the wise man who builds his house upon the rock, in Greek there, Petra, in verse 24. And when the winds blew and the floods came, the house didn't fall because it had been founded on the rock. Again, the Greek word there, Petra, in verse 25. So perhaps Matthew intended to echo the parable. Jesus is the wise man building his house, the church, on the rock, Petra, which is Peter. And R.T. France notes this in his The Gospel of Matthew. I'll pick back up with that on the other side of the break. We're coming up on the break here. You're listening to The Catholic Reason on St. Michael Catholic Radio 94.9. Again, I'm your host, Carlo Brusord, staff apologist and speaker for Catholic Answers. And the Chancery member, a member of the Chancery Evangelization team here at the Diocese of Tulsa. Please don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. When we come back on the other side of the break, we'll pick back up with these challenges to Peter as the Rock. 
Well, welcome back, my friends, to The Catholic Reason here on St. Michael Catholic Radio 94.9. I'm your host, Carlo Broussard, staff apologist and speaker for Catholic Answers, and a member of the Chancery Evangelization Team here at the Diocese of Tulsa in eastern Oklahoma. Before the break, we were responding to the Protestant challenge to Peter as the Rock based upon the difference in words uh, that Petros is used as Simon's new name, Petra is used in the second instance with regard to the metaphorical rock upon which Christ promises to build his church. And the challenge is, if Peter, if Jesus intended Peter to be that metaphorical rock, why doesn't Matthew use Petros in the second instance, but rather uses Petra? It would seem to indicate, given the difference in words, that there is a difference in referent. They're referring to two different things. And we began to offer some responses, uh, general, the, the general response being that there are plausible reasons as to why Matthew would not use Petros in the second instance. One reason we gave before the break is that Petra, as R.T. France points out, it would have been the more familiar term for rock, as opposed to Petros, which is Simon's new name. Now, a second reason, as I was explaining before the break, is that Matthew may have intended to make a connection to Jesus's parable of the wise man building his house upon Petra, the rock, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, and then in verse 25, because being that it's founded on the rock when the winds and the rains come, the wise man's house would not be wiped away. So it seems perhaps Matthew is intending to echo the parable of Jesus. Jesus is the wise man building his house, the church, upon the rock Petra, which is Peter. And R.T. France notes this. Uh, again, in his The Gospel of Matthew, he writes this, quote, Peter is to be a rock, and one important function of a rock, as Matthew 7, 24 through 27 has reminded us, is to provide a firm foundation for a building. So on this rock, Jesus will build his church, and it will be forever secure. So again, that provides a plausible reason as to why Petra, the more common noun for rock, is used in the second instance with regard to the metaphorical rock, in order to preserve the connection to Jesus' parable in Matthew 7. Jesus is the wise man building his house upon the Petra, the rock, which, given the context we have argued before, is Peter, whose name, new name, Petros, means rock. Now, there's still another possible reason for the use of the different words, and that is to preserve the distinction between a proper noun, Petros, as a proper noun, or proper name, and a common noun in this case, Petra, as the metaphor. So again, to preserve a distinction between a proper noun, which is Simon's new name, Petros, and a common noun, Petra. If Matthew had used Petros in the second instance with regards to the metaphorical rock, it would have read, you are Peter, and upon this Peter, I will build my church. It would have been a bit awkward to use a proper name in this way. So using a common noun in the second instance is more natural. The Petros is a proper name now with regard to Simon's new name. 
So it makes sense that Matthew would want to preserve the distinction between the proper noun for Simon's new name, Petros, and the common noun with regard to the metaphor. So given that we can provide plausible reasons as to why there might be a difference in the words without denying that the rock refers to Peter, the argument that Peter is not the rock simply based on the use of Petros and Petra being different words, the argument fails. So the bottom line is just because there is a difference in words, Petros and Petra, it does not follow that Peter is not the rock. Why? Because we have plausible explanation as, explanations as to why there would be a difference between the two words, Simon's new name Petros and the metaphorical rock being Petra. Okay, so that's challenge number one. Now, the notice how the previous challenge was appealing to the mere distinction between Petros and Petra. Another Protestant comeback to our claim that Peter is the rock, and is closely related, argues that Petros and Petra have different meanings. And this is a common Protestant comeback to the Catholic argument here. And so given the different meanings between the two words Petros and Petra, so it's argued, Jesus must be contrasting Peter with the rock rather than identifying them. Protestant pastor Todd Baker makes this argument in his book, Exodus from Rome, in volume one. He writes the following, the Greek text of Matthew 16, 18 literally reads, you are Peter, Petros, or Petros, as transliterated in English. Petros is in the masculine gender and actually means, here it is, a small rock or stone that might be thrown or easily moved. And upon this rock, he continues, I will build my church. Rock here, he says, in the second use is Petra, Petra as transliterated into English, which is feminine in gender and denotes, here it is, a massive rock, like a foundation or bedrock, as distinct from Petros. So the question becomes, should we think that Petra doesn't refer to Peter because it means something different from Petros? And then a second question would be, do Petros and Petra indeed even differ in meaning? So in response, let's grant for argument's sake that there is a difference in meaning between these two words, Petros and Petra, and that Matthew chose them deliberately for that reason, to signify the difference in meaning. And this and so I'm going to argue this difference still wouldn't prove Petra refers to something other than Peter. So even if there were a difference in meaning between the two words, it still would not follow necessarily that Petra is referring to something other than Peter. Notice how this Protestant comeback assumes that Matthew is making what scholars call an antithetical parallel, in which two different words or images are placed alongside each other in order to contrast what they refer to. So in the case of Petros and Petra, the meaning would be you are a small stone, but on this other big rock, as the argument is stated. That's an antithetical parallel. Two images or words set together side by side to contrast what they're referring to. Another kind of parallel is a synthetic parallel 
in which the second image is meant to build upon and amplify the first image. So here's an example that I give in my book. I could say to my wife in reference to my 10-year-old daughter, Catherine, look at our little kitten. She's a wild cat, right? The parallel between the two feline images is not by accident. The first image, kitten, expresses my daughter's playfulness and cuteness. The second image, wildcat, expresses the ferocious behavior that my daughter manifests in the moment, something that the first image doesn't capture. So in that case, you have two different images set side by side, but the second image is building upon and amplifying the first, although still having one single referent. Similarly, assuming for now that Petros and Petra have different meanings, as the argument is suggesting, Petra in Matthew 16, 18 could be building on Petros to convey the idea that Jesus, by divine power, will make Peter, who as a fallible human is a small, immovable rock, Petros, into an immovable rock, Petra, that the church can be set upon. If Jesus can make stones on the ground cry out, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord, according to Luke 19.38, well then surely he can make a small rock, Peter, into an immovable foundation. And so we can conclude, even if there were a difference in meaning between Petros and Petra, we would still not be justified in concluding that they refer to different things. Now. We don't, however, have to say that there's a difference in meaning between those two words. We can even challenge that assumption that's made in the Protestant compact. Remember, the assumption being that Petros and Petra mean different things, therefore they must be referring to two different things. First response, even if we grant the difference in meaning, it still doesn't follow that they refer to two different things. It could be a synthetic parallel with the second image is building upon and amplifying the first. But our second response is that, hey, we can actually challenge that assumption and say Petros and Petra actually do not mean different things. In fact, we have scholarly affirmation that they mean the same thing, at least within the Greek of the New Testament called Koine Greek. So, D.A. Carson, in uh, his work, uh, which is, uh, yeah, so in his uh, contribution to the Expositor's Bible Commentary, in his commentary on Matthew, D.A. Carson writes, quote, Although it's true that Petros and Petra can mean small stone and rock respectively in earlier Greek, the distinction is largely confined to poetry. So Carson there is conceding that there would be a difference in meaning in earlier Greek and poetry, but not in Koine Greek, which is the Greek of the New Testament. So Carson, Dr. Carson here, is affirming that Petros and Petra, as used in the New Testament, mean the same thing. And New Testament scholar Craig Keener agrees, stating that Petros and Petra are cognate terms that were used interchangeably by this period. Now, I'm coming up on our break here, on our second break, so stay tuned. On the other side of the break, we'll pick back up, wrap a pretty bow on our response to this second Protestant comeback. Again, you're listening to The Catholic Reason on St. Michael Catholic Radio. I'm Carlo Broussard. Don't go anywhere. When we come back, we're going to look at more 
Protestant comebacks to the Catholic claim that Peter is the rock. Stay tuned. Talk to you on the other side. God bless. Well, welcome back, my friends, to The Catholic Reason. If you're just joining us, my name is Corlo Broussard. I'm a staff apologist and speaker for Catholic Answers and a member of the Chancery Evangelization Team of the Diocese of Tulsa in eastern Oklahoma. The Catholic Reason is a radio show produced by St. Michael Catholic Radio, where we explain the whys behind Catholic beliefs concerning issues of faith, morality, and culture. Every Thursday, I come to you at 4 p.m., thinking through various claims made by the Catholic Church and providing reasons behind those claims. You can download and listen to the show anytime you want. Just search The Catholic Reason in any podcast search engine and download the show. Also, if you'd like to submit a question to me for me to answer on the air, you can do so by emailing me at carlo at St. Michael Catholic, excuse me, carlo at St. Michael Radio.com. In future shows, we're going to develop a segment where I answer submitted questions via email. In this episode, in today's show of The Catholic Reason, we've been looking at Protestant challenges to the Catholic claim that Peter is the rock. One challenge that we looked at states that given the fact that there are two different Greek words used in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, Petros, used for Simon's new name, you are Petros, and Petra, used for the metaphorical rock upon which Christ promises to build his church, it follows that they are referring to two different things. And so we began with two, we answered that comeback in saying, well, there are reasons for the difference that would not necessarily entail two different reference. So the reason for the difference is a difference in gender. Petros is masculine. Petra is the feminine noun for rock. And it makes sense that you would not use a feminine noun for Simon's new name, a man's name. So that would offer an explanation for the difference in words that would necessarily entail a difference in referent. And then furthermore, we answered the further challenge that, well, hey, if the metaphorical rock is Peter, then why didn't Matthew use Petros, the masculine noun for rock, in the second instance? Rather, he uses, uses Petra. And we offered some plausible reasons as to why Matthew would not use Petros in the second instance. And so we can conclude, given the fact that there is a difference in Greek words, it does not necessarily follow that there is a difference in referent. And then before our last break, we were wrapping up our response to the Protestant challenge that Petros and Petra mean different things and therefore must refer to two different things. And so the, the two different meanings, allegedly, is that Petros means small stone and Petra means immovable rock. And given the difference in meaning, they must have two, difference, two different reference. And Jesus is contrasting the two. And so we began to respond to that Protestant comeback and saying, hey, even if we grant for argument's sake that Petros and Petra mean different things, it doesn't necessarily follow that they are referring to two different things. For you can have what scholars call a synthetic parallel, where the second different image 
is meant to build upon and amplify the first image. So even if we concede for argument's sake that Petros means small stone, that would refer to Peter who is a movable rock of himself. But with a synthetic parallel, the second image, Petra, the immovable rock, is meant by Christ to build upon and amplify the first image. That is, Jesus is making the movable rock, Peter, into the immovable rock, the foundation of his church. So even if we concede that the two words in Greek mean different things, small stone and large immovable rock, it still would not follow that the two words are referring to two different things. It still wouldn't follow that the second instance of rock, Petra, the immovable rock, is not Peter. Now, we before the break, we were offering a second response to this Protestant comeback, and that is to challenge the assumption that Petros and Petra mean different things. We have scholarly affirmation from Protestant biblical scholars that within the Greek of the New Testament, or Koine Greek, Petros and Petra mean the same thing. We quoted D.A. Carson, and before the break, we were quoting Craig Keener, another New Testament scholar, stating that Petros and Petra, quote, are cognate terms that were used interchangeably by this period, the period being the New Testament. And that's coming from Keener's The IVP Bible Background Commentary of the New Testament. And we can also throw in the mix Lutheran the, the late Lutheran theologian, Oscar Coleman, where he writes that there is, quote, a formal and material identity between Petra and Petros. And that's coming from Coleman's article, Rock, in the Theological Dictionary of the New Testament. So Petros and Petra both mean rock. And if you recall from last week's episode, when we looked at seven reasons for why we think Peter is the rock— the very first reason, or I don't know if it was the first reason, but one of the reasons was that Petros means rock, and we have scholarly confirmation for that from BDAG, a very famous English-Greek New Testament lexicon commonly referred to as BDAG, the uh, initials of the first uh, the letters of the names of the, the first letter of the names of the editors. And BDAG confirms that Petros means what Kephas means in Aramaic. So Kephas, according to BDAG, means rock. And it goes on to affirm that Petros in Greek is the Greek form of the surname Kephas. So Petros means in Greek what Kephas means in Aramaic, rock. And we know Simon's name in Aramaic is Kephas because John tells us in John 1.42 where he records Jesus telling Simon, you shall be called Cephas. And John actually tells us, which is translated as Petros in Greek there, or Peter. So Petros means rock. And given that data, we can concur with Carson, Keener, and Coleman that Petros and Petra mean the same thing, rock. Now we can move to the third Protestant comeback. Uh, the, the previous comeback and the previous two comebacks that we've looked at so far today attempt to merely show that Petra must refer to something other than Peter. But this raises the question of what Protestants think Petra refers to. And the two most common answers are Jesus and Peter's confession of faith. And so let's start with the claim that Petra refers to Jesus. Protestant apologist Ron Rhodes sums up the argument when he writes, We must not forget 
No man can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid, which is Jesus Christ, quoting 1 Corinthians 3.11. So for Rhodes, Peter can't be the rock in Matthew 16.18, because St. Paul tells us what the foundation of the church is, that's Jesus. So Peter can't be the rock or the foundation of the church because Jesus is. Now, in response, first of all, this argument commits what philosophers call a non sequitur, which is Latin for it doesn't follow. Just because Jesus is called the foundation in one passage, it doesn't follow that Peter cannot be called the foundation of Jesus' church in other passages. And there are three ways to show this. First of all, in the Bible, metaphors and symbols are used, often used in more than one way. And this can be seen even with the two passages that we're considering. In Matthew 16, 18, Jesus says he's the builder. Yet, in the Corinthians passage, Paul tells us that ministers are builders as well. There in verse 10, he writes, Like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation, and another man is building upon it. Let each man take care how he builds upon it. So we could ask the question, well, is Paul wrong for saying that he and other ministers build up the church when elsewhere Jesus says that he's the one who builds his church? Rhodes and other Protestants who make this argument, they're actually cherry-picking one aspect of 1 Corinthians 3, the foundation being Jesus, while ignoring the other aspect, that the builder is Paul. But they need to be consistent. Either A, they allow each passage, Matthew 16, 18, and 1 Corinthians 3, 11, to be interpreted independently of the other, in which case they can't draw implications for rejecting Peter as the foundation of the church in Matthew 16, 18, or B, shove all of 1 Corinthians 3 into Matthew 16, in which case Jesus would be the foundation but not the builder, or C, shove all of Matthew 16 into 1 Corinthians 3, in which case the rock would be Peter, or the foundation would be Peter, and the builder would be Jesus. Since no Protestant would be satisfied with the second two options, the only option they have is the first. Allow each passage, Matthew 16, 18, 1 Corinthians 3, 11, to be interpreted independently of the other. Now, there are other examples in Scripture where Jesus is affirmed to be something, and Christians are affirmed to be that as well. So we read Jesus as the living stone rejected by men in 1 Peter 2, 4. But the next verse in verse 5 says that Christians are living stones built into a spiritual house. Jesus says he's the good shepherd in John 10, 11. Yet, he makes Peter the shepherd of his flock on earth by telling him to tend his sheep in John 21, 15-17. Jesus calls himself the light of the world in John 9, 5. But this doesn't stop him from teaching that Christians are the light of the world as well in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. So think about this. If we were to apply the same strict logic of this Protestant comeback in these instances, well, we would have to say that Peter is wrong for teaching that Christians are stones— and that Jesus is confused about who's supposed to be shepherding and shining light in the world, right? But no Christian draws those conclusions. We recognize that metaphors can have layers of meaning and can be used in different ways according to their context. Similarly, Jesus, yes, is the foundation of the church in 1 Corinthians 3.11, but that does not mean Peter cannot be the foundation of a church when used as a metaphor in that sense in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. Two different instances of met the same metaphor being used, but in different contexts to convey different messages, different truths, just like Jesus being the light of the world and Christians being the light of the world. They're not mutually exclusive with each other. 
All right, so I'm coming up on our last break here. Uh, stay tuned. On the other side of the break, we'll pick back up with the second way in which we can respond to this particular Protestant comeback. You're listening to The Catholic Reason. I'm your host, Carlo Broussard. I'll talk to you on the other side. Well, welcome back, my friends, to the last and final segment of today's episode of The Catholic Reason. Again, I'm your host, Carlo Broussard, staff apologist and speaker for Catholic Answers and a member of the Chancery Evangelization team at the Diocese of Tulsa in eastern Oklahoma. We've been looking at Protestant challenges to the Catholic claim that Peter is the rock in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. We left off with Protestant comeback or challenge number three, the idea that Peter cannot be the foundation of Jesus' church in Matthew 16, 18, because Paul says Jesus is the foundation in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11. And we gave one answer to that Protestant comeback, namely that it's a non sequitur. Just because Jesus is affirmed to be the foundation of the church, it doesn't necessarily follow that Peter cannot be the foundation of the church. And the reason is, is that metaphors, generally speaking, can be used in more than one way. We gave several examples of that. Even in the passage under consideration in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, if you jump back one verse to verse 10, Paul states that he, along with other ministers, build up the church upon the foundation of Jesus Christ, but yet Jesus is the one building his church in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. So if we were to apply the same logic that's embedded in the current Protestant objection that we're considering, we would have to say that Paul cannot be a builder of the church along with other ministers because Jesus is the builder of the church in Matthew 16, 18, but of course that's directly contrary to the inspired Word of God. Other examples would be Jesus is the living stone, Christians are living stones, Jesus is the good shepherd, he makes Peter a shepherd, Jesus is the light of the world, Christians are light of the world. Must we conclude that we are not lights of the world because Jesus is the light of the world, or we are not living stones because Jesus is the living stone, or Peter is not a shepherd because Jesus is the good shepherd? Of course not. Similarly, just because Jesus is affirmed to be the foundation of the church in 1 Corinthians 3.11, that doesn't mean Peter cannot be the foundation of Jesus' church in Matthew 16.18, because metaphors can be used in more than one way within different contexts for different purposes. Now, a second response to this particular Protestant comeback is that the foundation metaphor itself is used in multiple ways. So in 1 Corinthians 3.11, Paul says that Christ is the one foundation, but in Ephesians 2.20, he also identifies apostles and prophets as the foundation of the church. He writes, your fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. And so Paul sees no contradiction between Jesus being the foundation in one sense and the apostles and the prophets being the foundation in another. John likewise doesn't see a contradiction. In Revelation 21, 14, when he describes the foundation of the heavenly city of Jerusalem, which is the church, as having 12 stones with the apostles' names inscribed upon each of them. And as we already saw, Peter doesn't see a contradiction in Christ being the living stone and Christians being living stones. So think about it. If neither Paul, Peter, nor John saw a contradiction between Jesus being the foundation of the church and at the same time 
others being the foundation of the church, namely the apostles, general, as collectively, why should we say there's a contradiction between Jesus and Peter both being the foundation of the church, just in different respects? That the metaphor of foundation itself can be used in various ways, that should impress upon us the importance of considering carefully what Jesus says to Peter about the rock of the church in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. So, bottom line, just because Jesus is said to be the foundation of the church in 1 Corinthians 3.11, it doesn't follow that Peter cannot be the rock in Matthew 16.18. Now, there's one last Protestant comeback that I want to consider in today's episode of The Catholic Reason in the last few minutes that I have with you guys, and we'll look at some more next week on The Catholic Reason. And this particular Protestant comeback attempts to show that Petra, the metaphorical rock in Matthew 16, 18, refers to the confession of faith in Jesus that Peter had just uttered in verses 15 through 17. So the previous comeback says, well, Petra refers to Jesus. This particular comeback says Petra refers to Peter's confession of faith. And there's a particular reason why some Protestant apologists make this claim. And one is that there is a switch from uh, from the personal address directed to Peter using the second person pronoun you, and I tell you, you are Peter. There's a switch from the use of the second personal pronoun you to the demonstrative adjective this and upon this rock. And some Protestant apologists will infer from that switch that Jesus is redirecting the message to something other than Peter, namely his confession of faith. James White, Protestant apologist James White, is one of these apologists who makes this inference. He writes that Jesus makes, quote, the differentiation between Peter and this rock complete, with the switch, that is, and that Jesus is speaking to Peter about the rock. And then the argument continues that if this rock were to refer to Peter— then Jesus would have continued to use the second person pronoun and said, you are Peter, and upon you, Peter, I will build my church. Instead, he's referring to the next closest thing in the text, namely Jesus, Peter's proclamation. So because Jesus doesn't say, uh, you are Peter, and upon you, Peter, I will build my church, rather he says, upon this rock, he must be referring to something other than Peter, and the only other target for that reference would be Peter's confession of faith. Now, in response, we affirm as Catholics that the metaphorical rock does refer and can refer to Peter's confession of faith, but just in a secondary sense. The Catechism of the Catholic Church teaches this in paragraph 424, and that a single symbol in a single passage can refer to more than one thing within Scripture, that's evidenced in Revelation chapter 13, where the heads of the beast are mentioned. But then in chapter 17, verses 9 through 10, we're told that the heads refer both to seven mountains and seven kings. So the Catholic understanding of the metaphorical rock referring to the confession of faith in a secondary sense, but to Peter in a primary sense, that is reasonable, at least, and fits within a biblical principle of a single metaphor being used to refer to two different things at the same time. But let's talk. Let's address this argument of, given the switch from the second personal pronoun you to the demonstrative adjective this, therefore, Jesus must be referring to something other than Peter, namely his confession of faith. 
In Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, Jesus says of his disciples, you are the light of the world. Now, Jesus could very well have added to that, and this light will draw men to myself. Now, if that were the case, upon hearing this sort of pronouncement, you, we wouldn't automatically think that the word this refers to some separate thing besides the disciples whom Jesus is addressing. To suggest otherwise would undermine the force of the rhetorical device. And we see other examples in Scripture as well, where the demonstrative this is used in reference to a person that was spoken of in the preceding verse or preceding statement. So check out Acts chapter 4, verses 10 through 11. Peter says to Jesus, Be it known to you all and to all the people of Israel, says, I'm sorry, Peter says, of Jesus, Be it known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, but which has become the head of the corner. So if we were to follow the logic of white here in this particular Protestant comeback, we would have to, we would have to conclude that the demonstrative adjective this, when it speaks of this is the stone, would have to refer to something other than Jesus, who is specified as the one in the preceding verse that is being spoken of. But of course, that's absurd. It's clear that this stone refers to Jesus. Since the demonstrative this can be used to refer to a person who is spoken of in the preceding phrase, these, this argument from White that says Jesus can't be referring to Peter as the rock because he uses the demonstrative this, it just fails. It's not consistent with what we see elsewhere in the Bible, and it just strains the natural reading of the text. And that leads to the second response. Peter is the closest referent for the demonstrative this, and therefore is most reasonable. We mentioned this in last week's episode of The Catholic Reason, where we were given seven reasons for Peter being the rock, one of which was this very thing. Peter is the closest referent for the demonstrative this. Just like in Acts 4, 10 through 11, Jesus is the closest reference, referent for the demonstrative this, since he is the one spoken of in the preceding phrase that's followed by, this is the stone, so too Peter is the closest referent for the demonstrative this, because he is the one spoken of in the preceding phrase, which is followed by and upon this rock. In his commentary on the Gospel of Matthew, Reformed theologian John Knox Chamberlain argues along the same lines. He writes this, quote, The demonstrative this, whether denoting what is physically close to Jesus or what is literally close in Matthew, more naturally refers to Peter, there in verse 18, than to the more remote confession in verse 16. And again, we apply this principle of reading comprehension in Acts 4, 10 through 11, which we just quoted. And there, this stone refers to the person spoken of immediately before, Jesus. And so we do the same thing here in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. Now, there are many more objections that Protestants give to the Catholic interpretation of Matthew 16, 18, but we know that the switch from the personal pronoun to the demonstrative this is not one that proves Catholics wrong for interpreting Peter as the rock of Jesus' church. In our next episode, friends, we'll look at some more challenges to Peter the Rock. There's another counter-response that argues for the Rock being the confession of faith. And also we'll look at some counter-arguments that try to undermine the Catholic inference made 
from Peter being the rock. And that's all going to be in next week's episode on next week's next week's episode the catholic reason please be sure to tune in every thursday at 4 p.m here on st michael catholic radio 94.9 again i'm your host carlo broussard i hope you join me next time friends until then god bless you all take care